0: Welcome to the rough draft. Today we will be lis- uh, listening to the Mother of Learning, Chapter 14, the Sister Effect. After telling Creel to pack her things for the trip, a task she immediately set off to accomplish, he filled his room with multicolored orbs of light and went down to the kitchen to face Mother. The light show was some something he did in every restart since he wasn't sure Ilsa would agree to additional um, to arrange additional tutoring for him unless she stumbled on it. Not that he, he uh, not that it did him much good. Since these short loops was um, he was stuck in ceased too soon for him to gain anything from it, but he kept doing it regardless, just in case. Who knew which? Um, <clears throat> who knew? Maybe this particular restart would be the one where Zach stopped dying so soon. Mother studied him like a hawk as he descended down the stairs, tra- looking for a flaw in his appearance that she could criticize. He knew from experience that she would find something to complain about, but he didn't really care. He was dressed well enough to avoid a uh, protracted lecture about family honor, and that was all that mattered. For a while, he had tried to use his time loop um, given foreknowledge to appear perfect, but that hadn't worked on her. Talk about high standards. Maybe she really was deliberately trying to annoy him to make sure he refused to take Creole with him. Sitting at the table, he pushed the cold porridge to the side and started eating apples instead, ignoring Mother's annoyance at spurning her, fu- her food. After she had realized he wasn't going to say anything, she released a dramatic sigh and launched into one of her long-winded monologues, dancing around the real issue she wanted to talk to him about—the possibility of now of him taking Creel with him to Cyoria. Now that I think of it, Mother said, finally deciding to get to the, finally deciding to get the point. I never told you I'm going to Koth with your father to visit Damon, did I? You want me to take Kiri with uh, you want me to take Kiri with me to Scioria, Zorian guessed. "'I... what?' she blinked, surprised for a second. "'Then she shook her head slightly and sighed. "'She told you,' she concluded. "'Yep,' Zorin confirmed. "'Too much for picking the right moment like we agreed upon,' uh, Mother said. "'I guess I should go and comfort her.' "'Why would she need comforting?' Zorin asked. "'I said yes. She was ecstatic. "'She's in her room right now, packing her things.' "'She looked at him like, uh, like you had suddenly started reciting classical poetry.' Zoyan didn't know whether to feel guilty or annoyed. Was it really that weird for him to agree to this? Before he had enrolled into the academy, he had spent more time with the little imp than anyone else in the family, mother included. He was more of a parent to Creel than she and father ever were. Really, if Creel had just told him she wanted to go herself instead of having mother speak for her, he probably would have agreed to it after some arguing, even before the time loop. Annoyed. He was definitely feeling annoyed with her, he leveled a challenging glare at Mother, daring her to say something. What? He snapped after a few seconds of mutual staring. Nothing, she said, schooling her expression into something unreadable. I'm just surprised, that's all. I'm glad you're finally starting to think about someone other than yourself. Have you thought about housing? I have, confirmed Zorian. It depends on whether I'll have to pay for the arrangements with my own pocket money, or if you'll give me extra money for rent. Now you're just insulting. being insulting his mother snapped. Of course we'll give you rent money. When did, you make, when did we ever make you pay for essential living expenses by yourself? How much do you need? As if her own remark about him finally thinking about someone else other than himself wasn't just as insulting. He was just responding in kind. <clears throat> but yes, Zorin begrudgingly admitted she was right. His parents had many flaws, but they never let him go hungry or homeless unless they were completely bon- uh, bankrupt themselves. He was the disfavored son, but a son nonetheless. They spent the, sev- the next several minutes discussing living expenses in Cyoria, arguing back and forth about how much money he would need to rent, uh, rent some place and feed Creel. He, of course, favored larger sums, and knew enough about Sioria's economy to give weight to his arguments. Mother made no secret about her surprise at his knowledge of rent prices in various districts of Sioria. Apparently, she was under the impression such down-to-earth knowledge didn't, um, didn't interest him. Zorin decided not to explain he was keeping track of rent prices so he could move away from home at a moment's notice, instead trying to change the subject. He was not very, effect- um, he was not very effective in that regard. Mother was stubbornly fixa- fixated on that little factoid, but Ilsa's arrival saved him for, um, from her interrogation. Mother quickly excused herself, saying she was going to help Creel pack. Bazorin still led Ilsa back to his room where she and um, where she asked him where they could have some privacy. He had to show her all these lights he accidentally forgot to display after all. <clears throat> At first, the talk proceeded in a fairly standard fashion, but the usual routine he used to uh, uh, he was used to was quickly shattered when they reached the topic of habitation. According to this, began Ilsa momentarily shaking a piece of paper she was holding you lived in Academy Housing for the past two years. I assume you intend to do the same this year, too? Uh, actually, no, answered Zorin. I'm taking my younger sister with me this year, so I can't do that, unless the Academy makes allowances for such things. It doesn't, Elsa said. I figured, Zorin said, not really surprised by that. We'll just stay in the hotel for a few days until I find a place to rent. Elsa gave him a strange look that Zorin had trouble deciphering. ''You don't have a place reserved already?'' she asked. ''No,'' Zorion said. ''The decision was a bit abrupt, so I didn't have any time to make proper preparations. Why?'' ''I may have a solution for you in regards to that,'' Elsa said, straightening her posture into a more serious stance. ''You mean you know a place I could rent?'' Zorion asked. Elsa nodded. ''That's fortunate, I guess. What do you have in mind?'' First of all, I want to emphasize that what I'm about to offer you "'has nothing to do with Cyroia's ra- Royal Academy of Magical Arts,' Ilsa cautioned. "'This is something strictly between the two of us. Understand?' "'Okay,' said Zoyn cautiously. "'He was getting slightly concerned now, "'and he sensed no deception or ill intent from Ilsa. "'He waited to hear what she was offering. "'A friend of mine is renting rooms at a very reasonable rates.' "'Ilsa began. "'After several minutes of questioning and reading between the lines,' Zorian decided he would give Ilsa's friend a chance. Her reasonable rates were a tad expensive, but it was manageable. Ilsa also ch- suggested that, um, that her friend loved children and would be all too happy to ha- take care of Creel <clears throat> while, um, while he was at class, which would be worth every piece he paid for the place if, it, um, if actually true. After that, the topic shifted to his sh- choice of mentor, or rather, the fact that he wasn't allowed to choose one and his choice of electives. Since he had pretty much tried out every elective he was even remotely interested in by now, his choices were pretty constant at this point. Botany, astronomy, and human anatomy. He chose them solely because he knew for a fact that teachers of those particular subjects didn't care in the slightest if he chose not to come to class, and because Akoja wouldn't choose any of them as her electives, and thus wasn't aware he was skipping them. The moment Ilsa went back to the academy, Creel came barreling down the stairs like a herd of elephants, ignoring Mother's admonishment about running inside the house. No doubt she had finished packing a while ago, and was and had been simply waiting for Ilsa to leave so she could come out. I'm ready, she grinned happily. So, you have everything packed? asked Zorian. Yep, she nodded. What about my books? asked Zorian. Why would I pack your books? she scowled. You can do that yourself, lazy ass. "'Well, you did take them from my room and hide them under your bed,' Zarian remarked. "'Oh,' her eyes widened in understanding. "'Those books. Um, I guess I kind of forgot to give those back to you. I'll put them back in your room, okay?' "'What are you two talking about?' Mother asked as she approached. "'Nothing,' Creole said in a slightly panicking voice, wearing quickly to face Mother. "'I just forgot something, that's all. I'll be right back.' She quickly bolted up the stairs ignoring Mother's repeated admonishment about not returning in the, uh, not running in the house. Zorian looked at her retreating form with narrowed eyes. Why was Creel so frightened about Mother finding out that she had been taking books out of his room? It was hardly the first time she helped herself to his things, and Mother never cared, about, um, cared before. There was something of significance hidden in that S- seemingly innoxious reaction. He just knew it. He was starting to think he didn't know Creel half as well as he thought he did. I'm bored. Zorian opened his eyes and glared at his little sister. He couldn't close his eyes for a moment, um, for more than a minute before her saying something or accidentally kicking him in the knee with her tiny, with her pointy little shoes. And he had thought the station announcer was annoying. I can tell," he said, rolling his eyes. "What do you want me to do about it?" "Play a game with me," she said hopefully. "Haven't we done enough of that already?" he sighed. There are only so many times I can beat you at hangman before it gets boring. You are cheating," she said. "Asphyxiation isn't even a real word." "What? Of course it is," he shot back. "You're just liar," she interrupted. "Whatever," Zorian scoffed. "It's not like I was. It's not like that was the only game when I won." "So you admitted you cheated on that one?" she uh, she concluded triumphantly. Zorian opened his mouth to retort before he closed it again. Why am I arguing about uh, about this he asked out loud that was more directed towards himself than Kiri. a sharp crackling sound that always heralded the voice of the station announcer stopped and um, any further argument they had um, they may have had now stopping in corsa a disembodied voice echoed a crackling sound again i repeat now stopping in corsa thank you oh thank the gods zorian mumbled not only did, <clears throat> did arriving in Corsa mean three-quarters of the journey was over, it also meant someone was going to join them in their compartment, thus giving Kriel someone else to annoy. Someone other than Ivory, though. He purposely avoided his usual compartment to ensure she and Kiri would never meet, since he had a suspicion a conversation between them wouldn't end well. Kiri didn't like Fortov any more than Zoyan did, and she was a lot less tactful about it. "'So many people!' Kiri remarked, watching the throng, of, uh, watching the throng as the train station through the window. Are those all students like you? Most of them, yeah. Zorian said, though not all of them go to the same school as I do. There is one other. Uh, there is more than one academy in Cyoria. I thought mages were rarer than this. She said. Mom says you uh, need to be really smart to be one. Do you think I could be a mage too one day? Sure. He shrugged. Really. She asked, a mixture of excitement and and suspicion radiating from her voice and posture. Zorin supposed she half expected him to use his agreement as a setup for a mean-spirited joke, or something along those lines. Yes, he confirmed. I don't see why you couldn't. You seem to be doing well enough in school from what I heard, so I don't see why your intelligence would be a problem. And it's not like our parents can't afford to send you somewhere, even if it isn't Zorinia. Creel didn't answer. "'choosing instead to look through the window in silence "'and pointedly refusing to look him in the eye. "'He was just about to ask her what's wrong "'when the door to the compartment slid open, distracting him. <clears throat> "'Baron Ivorin!' the boy introduced, introduced himself. "'Can I sit here?' "'Zorin waved him in without a word. "'This was the guy who inspired him to seek employment in the library "'the last time they had spoken with each other. "'The boy had been quite talkative back then, so he could, um, "'so he should be perfect.' Even if he was dis, uh, disinclined to talk to someone so young, he doubted Carrie would let him ignore her, and he seemed too polite to just snub her, uh, to just plain snub her to her face. Hopefully, he would keep Kriel busy till the rest of the <clears throat> rest of the journey. I'm Kriel K- uh, Kazinski. His sister promptly introduced herself, and that's my brother Zorian. Are you a student like Zorian? Can you do magic? Uh, well, yes. Byrne said, torn between the desire to ask about the surnames and a desire to be polite and answer Kyrielle's Curie- uh, um, question. Politeness won in the end, "'I'm only a first-year, though, so it's not like I have anything to brag with.'" Sadly for Byrne, he would have to wait for a while before he could ask about the surname. Kriel was on a roll and promptly assaulted the poor boy with every question imaginable. Zoran soon found out that Byrne was the only child of two first-generation mages from Corsa, and that his family, um, had pretty high expectations of him. Byrne was as excited to be away from his overbearing parents as he was about learning magic. That, at least, was something Zorin could empathize. <clears throat> Three older brothers, huh? Byrne laughed. Poor you, though I kind of wish I had a few older brothers w- myself. My parents could have, um, could have someone else to focus on every once in a while. I know what you mean, Creel said. Ever since Zoin started going to the academy, Mother has no one but me—no uh, one but me—to pay attention to. It sucks. Zoin flinched in sympathy. He hadn't thought of that, but it shed a great deal of light on Creel's behavior for the past two years. Without Zoin there to act like a figurative lightning rod for Mother's criticisms, Creel's time at home probably took a sharp turn for the worse in his absence. A part of him was pleased that the little imp was forced to experience some of what he went through in his daily interactions with their family but he mostly thought she didn't deserve something like that. "'So, I've been meaning to ask,' said Byrne. "'Your last name is pretty distinctive. "'Not that many Kaczynskis walking around. "'Are you related to Damon Kaczynski, by any chance?' "'He's our brother,' Creel said. "'Really?' asked Byrne excitedly. "'You know, I haven't heard anything about him in a while. "'What is he up to currently?' "'He's in Koth,' Creel said. "'I think he found something in the jungle, but I don't know. "'I don't really talk to him all that often. "'He's always traveling.' "'You're more likely to find out about him in the newspapers than by talking to me. "'Zorian knows him better than I do.' Sh- uh, uh, "'Zorian shot Creel a quick glare, for putting him on the spot like that. "'And on the topic of Damon, no less. "'The little imp just stuck her tongue at him. <laughs> "'Damon and I don't get along,' Zorian said bruntly. "'There's not much I can tell you about him uh, that Creel hasn't already.' "'Oh,' Byrne said, obviously disappointed. He let out a slightly strained laugh, trying to dispel the somewhat awkward atmosphere that descended at the compartment. And here I thought I would get some inside stories about one of my heroes. Though I suppose in a way I did, didn't I? It's a bit sad that he doesn't have time for his family. Hmm, hums I noncommittedly. The rest of the journey was uneventful. Except that Byrne decided to tag along with them for a while after they disembarked. Both Byrne and Creel were awed and more than a little intimidated by the sheer size and activity of Sioria's train station, and Zorian decided to be nice and give them a brief tour around the place. The tour turned out to be not as brief as he had intended, however, because Creel insisted on browsing the stores. He tried to tell her that every shop in and around the train station sold massively overpriced merchand- merchandise because they could, thanks to their favorable location, and that he wouldn't be buying her anything, but that didn't deter her in the slightest. She was just looking Byrne, for some unfathomable reason, sided with Kiri. He liked browsing stores, too, apparently. Madness. Since they had wasted so much time, however, the rain had already started falling by the time they were ready to depart. Byrne had no umbrella, of course, and even if he had, the amount of luggage he carried would make a trek through the rain a problematic endeavor. Zorin reluctantly offered to help. The boy looked so miserable at this sudden turn of events, that Zorin didn't have the heart to just walk away. Besides, Creel wouldn't let him do that, and he didn't want to make a scene by dragging her away, so they could get on their, uh, so they could be on their own. I really appreciate this, you know," Byrne said, curiously pushing his fingers against the dome on the rain barrier spell surrounding him. "I don't know what I would have done if you if it weren't for you. It doesn't seem like the rain is going to stop anytime soon. For the last time, it's all right," Zorin sighed. "Really, I live to help." Burn co- uh, covertly mouthed "thank you" to Creel, who was unabashedly playing with the rain barrier by sticking her arms and legs outside the protective dome and then drawing them back in, causing her to give him a thumbs up. Apparently, the boy knew whom to thank for his good fortune. Good fortune. <laughs> if he ran out of mana halfway to their new home after getting burned to the academy, it would uh, it would be on her head. Rain barrier was quite draining, and he had to enlarge it so it could cover all three of them. "'plus the floating disc that carried their combined luggage. "'This spell is awesome,' Creel declared. "'How hard is it? "'Do you think you could teach me how to cast this one? "'I won't tell anyone.' "'Oh, please,' Zoyan snorted. "'You can't even feel your mana, much much less shape it. "'It's not a question of legality. "'It's a question of skill. "'It would take months um, if uh, if you're some kind of genius, "'or you're too otherwise.' Just wait until you enroll in a magic school yourself, okay? Creel immediately deflated. In the end, they managed to deposit Burn to the safety of the Academy's own rain wards without issue before going their own way. In fact, they nearly made it to their destination before Azorian ran out of mana, causing the rain barrier to wink out of existence. Emphasis on nearly. He hoped Ilsa's friend wasn't sensitive about people bringing water into the house. "'You should have waited! Honestly, what possessed you to walk around in this horrid weather? Kids these days think they're invincible.' Zorion rolled her eyes at the host, scolding, not hiding his reaction in the slightest since she was busy rummaging through a set of drawers that wasn't really facing him. The rain would have continued throughout the entire night, though he couldn't exactly tell her how he knew that, so waiting it out hadn't been an option. Besides, they would have uh, they would have made it just fine if Creel hadn't been so stubborn about getting burned to the academy, uh, academy grounds first. And also, it's not like they were uh, like their brief run through the rain was all that traumatic. So really, why was she getting so worked up about it? His thoughts were interrupted by a towel hitting him in the face. There, you can use that to dry your hair. She said, "I'll go see if your sister needs any help. You just hope she doesn't get sick from this, or you'll be hearing from me about this. You hear?" She's not a sugar cube," Zorin mumbled. "She's not going to fall apart just because she got a little wet." Either that was spoken too softly for her to hear, or she decided to ignore him. But either way, she just walked past him and left the room, unconcerned. Zorin sat down on a nearby chair, studying the place they were in. Their landlord, one Imaya Kuroshka, was, li- um, was a lively middle-aged woman that quickly ushered them in when she found them soaking wet at her doorstep. Um, on her doorstep. She hadn't even asked for their identities before she had done that. It took an introduction by Zorin until she realized they actually had a reason behind getting out of the rain when they knocked on her door. Zorin was tempted to deliver his own scolding to the woman about na- um, naivety and simply letting strangers into the house. But unlike some people, he chose not to be difficult. She, uh, she seemed nice enough, all things considered. And at the, uh, not the very least... She didn't appear to be one of those landlords that tried to bleed their tenants of everything they could part with, though it was hard to be sure this soon. The part that irked him, um, irked him a little, was that Emilia uh, seemed to consider him and uh, consider them living out of her place a done deal already. He had ordered, he only agreed to check the place out, nothing more. Once Emilia returned with Creel, who would, um, who had changed her clothes and mostly dried her hair at this point, and seemed completely unaffected by the fact she had been running through the pouring rain less than an hour ago. They started talking. Zorin had to steer the conversation back to the topic of their stay every once in a while, since both Imaya and Creel were content to let their conversations wander around if he let them. He also had to kick Creel a few times under the table to get her to shut up. Ilsa had told him never to approach the topic of marriage and husbands in front of Imaya for some unspecified reason. Zorian liked it when people respected his privacy, so he was content to do the same of Emilia, and had warned Creel to abide by the rule as well. Something she evidently had problems with, due to her tendency to babble. Their arrangement was not exactly to his liking, in all honesty. Emilia's house clearly hadn't been designed for rent; it was a normal, if large, family home that had a bunch of empty sleeping rooms on the second floor. Zorian and Creel would be the uh, would be getting one of them and they would be sharing the rest of the house facility with Emia and two other tenants that were scheduled to arrive in a few days. That was a lot less privacy than he was comfortable with, not to mention that their rooms only had one bed, meaning he would have to sleep together with Creel. Zorian had actually spent a few nights with Creel when she had been younger and knew for a fact that Creel um, was a restless sleeper and a cover hog, so he had big issues with that. Thankfully, they were only tenants at the moment. So Emya allowed him to charge and claim an additional room for himself at no extra charge, with the stipulation that he moved back in with Creel when she found a proper tenant for it. Zorin quick, uh, decided to quickly look into other places to rent tomorrow, just in case. Despite his novel living arrangements and Creel's presence, the next few days were fairly standard. He applied for the job at the library. He went to talk to Ilsa about advanced instruction and chose divination as th- a discipline he was interested in. He practiced various shaping exercises whenever he had some free time, concentrating mostly on the north-finding one since that exercise was supposed to help with, di- with divinations. Tyvin tracked him down despite his change of residence, and Zorin notified her about the rumors about magic, uh, mind magic using giant spiders running around the sewers to make sure she'd survive the encounter. Despite his misgivings, he decided not to leave Emilia's place since Emilia did a masterful job of keeping Creel happy and off his back. For her part, Creel was remarkably well-behaved. She spent a lot of her time drawing things. He didn't even know she liked to draw. She never did it at home as far as he knew. Maybe the trip had inspired her to take on a hobby. In any case, once these first couple of days had passed, everything just went off the rails. For one thing, the restart hadn't ended at that point, and instead just kept going, which was noteworthy by itself. Most, imp- More importantly, however... He was once again asked by Ilsa to greet Kale and his daughter at Siori's main train station, only to find out that Kale was also um, had also rented a place had rented a room at Emelya's place. For pretty much the same reason he had too, Ilsa had recommended the place. So now he was uh, so now he was living in the same house with his little sister, a teenage Murloc, and his daughter, and the landlord that didn't really act like a landlord. He was finally going to meet his divination instructor, Shvin. Um, yeah, Shvin would pr- be throwing marbles at him again, come next Friday. Elsa apparently visited her friend's house on a regular basis, and Nimia invited Tywin to eat with them next Saturday, while she was trying to talk Zorian into falling her into the sewers. Clearly, this was not going to be your average restart. "'I still feel like I'm taking advantage of you,' Kale said, pouring a fistful of blue powder into a transparent glass container." And I still can't imagine why, Zorin said, not taking his eyes off the tiny blue mushrooms he was currently grinding into more powder. I stock your lab with ingredients, and you let me be your assistant, while you do your work. You get to save a little money on regents, and I get some practical alchemical skills and experience. What on earth is predatorial about that? Here. He thrust the powdered mushroom to the white-haired boy, who sighed in defeat, and went back to work. Zorian took the time to look around the workshop without being too blatant about it. Kale's workshop, which um, was pretty amazing considering it was, uh, it was really just a basement that Emilia donated to the boy so he could convert it to his purposes. Setting it up was the first thing Kale did after moving into the place, and Emilia, being surprisingly unconcerned about a mere academy student working from with dangerous magical concoctions right under her home, Elsa assured um. Elsa assured me Kale knows what he's doing, she said. Well, he probably did, but still. As for equipment, it was loaned to Kale by the academy authorities. According to Kale, it was rather outdated, but the murloc couldn't afford to be picky and was lucky to get anything at all. <clears throat> I just don't think the price of restocking my workshop is worth whatever experience you're going to get, Kale said boiling water into, into powder-filled containers, and adding some weird little black balls that Zorian didn't recognize. <clears throat> In fact, considering how good you are at this, I should probably be paying you for the help. Don't worry about it, Zorian repeated, hoping this time it would stick. He couldn't, really, he couldn't exactly tell the boy that his savings account would be spontaneously refilled when the loop restarted, so it was hard to explain why money wasn't too important for him. Overall, his interaction with Kale was a lot friendlier uh, this time around. Grudgingly, he had to admit uh, Kyrielle had a lot to do with it. She hit it off with Kana pretty quickly, despite the other girl being practically a baby, which seemed to put Kale at ease with both of them after that. The two of them discovered they got along pretty well, and Zorian decided to help the murloc with his alchemy and learn something at the same time, which led to their current situation. This whole situation is terribly strange, Kale said after a minute of silence. Not in a bad way, though. Kana is the happiest I've seen her in a while. I really am grateful to your sister for everything she has done for her, by the way. Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, Zorin admitted. For now, she finds Kana happy, and probably finds it pleasing to have someone pay attention to her with such rapt attention. She tends to get bored really quickly, though. And in any case, she's only in Sayoriya temporarily while my family is off visiting my brother in Koth. "'Well, it's not... It, that's too bad,' Kale sighed. Then he smirked at Zorin. "'Though I suppose you'll be relieved when she finally leaves.' Finally leaves. "'Well, who knows,' Zorin said. "'We'll see how things go. "'She's not so bad right now, "'so maybe she won't be a total pest when, uh, like she usually is. "'I'm hoping some of your daughter's attitude "'will rub off on her in time.' "'Oh, that is... that would be such a pity,' Kale said." It would be a shame for such a lively girl to lose her spark of life. I myself wish Kana had some of that boundless enthusiasm. Shall we trade, then? offered Zorian. No, Kale snorted. Fetch me the water celery and be quiet for a while. I need to concentrate on this part. And so Zorian stood in silence and watched Kale work and thought about what the rest of the month would bring. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please consider listening to the next chapter.